0: In case you're wondering why crypto took a nosedive today and reversing all of the gains that we've seen over the last week or so, well, there is some good news and there is bad news. The good news is that it has nothing to do with the U.S. elections that are taking place today at the point of recording this, which is November 8th, 2022. But the bad news is that it involves parties that have a bigger influence on Web3 than even the politicians. And of course, the big news for the day is that Binance has made a non-binding offer to purchase FTX crypto markets took a nosedive because news broke that FTX may be insolvent. Today, we're going to explain what that means and the impact that it has for the NFT community. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real world value. So there are countless companies, funds, subsidiaries, and parties involved in this story. However, I'm going to intentionally oversimplify it because there are just too many parties to keep track of. So I'm just going to focus in on the main point. But a little background is necessary. Binance and FTX are some of the largest centralized crypto exchanges, number one and number three in the world. And in case you're wondering, a centralized exchange is similar to a bank, unlike DeFi, where the funds are scattered and owned by multiple parties, the participants, if you will, the people, or sometimes it could be a DAO or a smart contract, something that really doesn't involve the direct involvement and management of people, such as a traditional bank, and that's the difference between DeFi and the centralized exchange. Well, this entire crypto market was greatly impacted by the Luna crash, and if you're not familiar with that, just Google it, and I've done even episodes about that, so if you search Luna, it comes up many times as far as this show, But that was really the thing that kicked off the nosedive earlier this year. Of course, with everything, people losing interest and the broader economy and the war and so forth, all those things really impacted it. But when Luna crashed, that really turned everything upside down. And so many different parties were involved in that because they were taking high risks by leveraging their position with Luna. And in simple terms, what that basically means is they were operating under the assumption that the value of Luna would always go up. So they were taking out crazy loans in order to buy other risky assets Under the assumption that everything would keep going up and as long as Luna was backing those loans, they could keep taking out more loans and as they took out bigger loans, they took out bigger positions and other risky assets. But of course, once Luna crashed, everything else fell. It was like a domino rally. Once that one piece fell, everything else went with it. And that is why a lot of companies and exchanges and funds and DAOs and all sorts of platforms went out of business over the last year. Because they became insolvent. And in simple terms, that means they can't pay their debts. Whether that is loans that they took out, or it is people that are trying to get back their money from a liquidity pool, or in the case of a centralized exchange, they're just trying to withdraw. They don't really trust these platforms, so they want to take their own crypto onto their MetaMask or their Ledger, or possibly turn it back into fiat currency and go back to their bank accounts and get cash. Well, if there just isn't enough cash or enough crypto or whatever it is to cover those positions, that's when something becomes insolvent. And early in the year, FTX was heavily involved in a lot of these companies that were doing that. They were financially backing them. They were issuing loans to these companies and so forth. And the biggest company that really made headlines was Voyager. And of course, they were heavily involved with FTX. So FTX ended up acquiring them. And there was all sorts of management shakeups. People were leaving, executives were fired, people resigned, and so forth. Again, simplifying everything, just trying to give a timeline of everything that really led up to today. Now, the founder of FTX, the CEO, was Sam Bankman-Fried, better known as SBF in the space. Well, he also started Almeda, which is a fund that operates separately. And of course, this is one of the richest men in the world. He's only 30 years old at the point of recording this but had a net worth in the tens of billions of dollars. And it's mainly because of his holdings in FTX and Almeda. Now, Almeda is very interesting because the majority of Almeda's value comes from holding cryptocurrencies. And FTX has a coin called FTT. That token is pretty much the majority of their stakes. Then they have a huge holdings in Solana. They were one of the early investors that really came in on the ICO. When Solana was first available, they got in under a dollar and wrote it up. And their other positions are in a bunch of altcoins or poo-poo coins, whatever you want to call them. Just not Bitcoin, ETH, or any of the top coins whatsoever. And rumors started to float around that they were insolvent last week. Again, going back to that word, meaning that they have more debts, more obligations than they could possibly pay. And on November 6th, the Binance CEO better known as CZ, tweeted out that they're planning to exit their position on FTX, or I should say the FTT token. So I'm not going to go into all the details. CZ tweeted about this and there's a lot of discussion as to reasoning as to why, but I'm not even gonna go into all that. All I'm going to say is Binance said that they were going to exit their position over the next few months selling off all the tokens that they have. Now, at this point, Almeda, which is why I had to bring them up initially, made the offer to buy all of their holdings at $22 per token, the FTT tokens. But CZ, the Binance CEO, opts out of that and says, no, he's going to go straight to the open market and over the next few months or so is going to unload everything that they have in their holdings. Then on November 7th, some rumors start to float around that FTX is also insolvent. So now we have two companies that were both started by SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried, that are supposedly insolvent. And then on November 8th, CZ, the CEO of Binance, tweets out that they have made a non-binding offer to purchase FTX. And at this point, panic broke out. FTT falls from $20 to $4. Bitcoin dips below $18,000. ETH dips below $1,300. And Solana goes down to $21. And all that happened within a few hours. So what exactly is happening here? Well, Based on the exchanges and what was tweeted out by these various parties, it seems like Almeda, again, holding the majority of their funds, their value in FTT tokens, had an interest in keeping the price of FTT high. So when Binance announced that they're going to unload all their position, which is very large, and put it on the open market, it was bad news for both Almeda and FTX because, again, if they're making major bets or taking out loans and using that token as collateral, if the value of it falls... They're in some serious trouble. So essentially, when Binance said, no, they're not going to do that, they're not going to allow some sort of sweetheart deal, and they're just going to go straight to the open market, the free fall started, and basically everything came crumbling down, just like what happened with Luna. So what is the impact of all of this? Well, first and foremost, the most obvious thing is it looks like another big company is about to go under or be acquired. And in case it wasn't clear before, it is more clear than ever that self-custody is the best way to go. As we like to say in the space, if it is not your keys, it is not your crypto. And when you're on these centralized exchanges, if something like this happens where their loans are called in or they're too over leveraged in a particular cryptocurrency and the value falls. Well, if they are insolvent, that essentially means that you can't withdraw your funds. So that is why it is very important to withdraw your funds off these centralized exchanges if you have major amounts of assets in there. I know it might be tempting to take advantage of some of those yields or whatever it might be. However, in order for them to pay those yields, they have to invest in things that are going to return much higher yields. So it is probably a risky investment. And if anything ever goes wrong, those funds will be locked up or lost. Another big impact of all of this is that now that the US elections are over, well, at least at the point of recording this, the polls are closing and they're getting ready to count all the votes. Politicians are going to focus on this and shift the narrative from all the chaos that's going to happen during the election, whichever side you're on, and they're going to focus on things like cryptocurrencies. And this major exchange, having this debacle happen, is going to be a talking point for politicians for months and years to come. And what does this mean for the NFT marketplace? Well, remember when I mentioned that. Almeda, one of their big holdings was in Solana. They were in there early. Well, if you notice more than any other of the cryptocurrencies that are really in the top 10 or so, Solana took a major hit once this news broke. And that is because a heavy amount, a large amount of its holdings, that is because Almeda is heavily involved in the funding and they hold a lot of the tokens. Therefore, in the short run, it is bad news for Solana. However, in the long run, I actually think it is a good thing. Reason being because one party holding this much of the token is an issue. And that's one of the number one complaints about Solana. Yes, sure, the blockchain the blockchain constantly goes down. But a lot of that is because of centralization as opposed to decentralization. There's too much power and too much holdings in a few people's hands. So in theory, if Almeda does have to exit their holdings with Solana it should be a good thing because those tokens are going to have to go on the free market and it's going to be scattered amongst many people. Now, immediately, that's going to cause the price to crash. However, that is good news for the people that are building in the space because decentralization means that things are not going to be so controlled and centralized and a platform that might invest, say, hundreds of millions of dollars into building something great can't be necessarily locked out or limited by gatekeepers. If there's decentralization. And that is the beautiful thing about Web3. In theory, there's supposed to be decentralization, ownership is scattered, people have self custody, and all of those things that we constantly talk about. However, when they're in centralization, meaning very few people hold huge chunks of a blockchain or a particular cryptocurrency, all of that sort of goes out the window. So I know right now this is very uncertain times, it's very shaky, a lot of people are panicking. But we've actually seen this before. Just looking early at this year, see what happened with Luna and then how everything sort of stabilized after the fact. Sure, nothing has really spiked back up to all-time highs. However, the market leveled off. There was some rebounding. People are still building. The space is still fun. There's a huge, great, positive future. Major companies are still coming into the space. However, in the immediate, the market is very volatile. There's ups, there's downs and lots of craziness. But at least we do have an example from what happened just a few months ago. But the number one takeaway from all of this, if nothing else, is to truly understand that no matter which platform you're on, no matter how safe you think it is, how big, trusted they might be a publicly traded company, they might have a rock star founder, they might have regulation. They might have auditors, all these things in place that are supposed to protect the consumer. Just note that if it is not a self-custody wallet, there is a potential that those funds are either locked onto the exchange, can be seized by the government, or could be entirely lost in bad investments. And if you haven't noticed, there was always an affiliate link to Ledger and Trezor, because those are the top two hardware wallets. If you're listening to this before November 9th comes to an end, Ledger is actually having a 10% off sale right now. And if you do happen to use that affiliate link that is in the show notes, it does help out the show. But either way, it is important to keep your own crypto. So with that said, I hope this is helpful. I hope I didn't overcomplicate it because I know some of these companies' names, FTX, Sam Bankman, Friedman, and all these things, there's acronyms everywhere. I mean, CZ, SBF, it could get very crazy, So hopefully this episode was helpful. I know there's a lot of letters and acronyms in this because even the CEOs go by initials, not their right names. So it could have been a little bit confusing, but I tried to simplify everything, streamline it, hit the main points. So as usual, thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space.